Hi, and welcome to Things You Didn't Ask For and Didn't Need To Know, the show where we discuss random stuff uh, before we deep dive into a topic that we find interesting. This week we're going to be talking about uh, the computer game Baldur's Gate 3. I'm Barry. I'm Dono. And I'm Mart. And also, if you enjoy the video, don't forget to like and subscribe, and we always appreciate comments, so throw them down as well if you want to. Um, before we jump into our main topic, we're going to, I'm going to talk about a few bits and pieces. Please uh, do. <laughs> so, the first one, the first thing you didn't ask for and didn't need to know this, uh, this episode is, did you know that the moon is moving away from the Earth? No. Yeah, the moon is moving away from the Earth by a whopping 38 millimeters, or 1.5 inches, every year. Hmm. And again, like most of my facts, I did no other research on this or anything. That's just the way it is. <laughs> oh, what, how, much in, how much a year? 38 mil, or 1.5 inches, 1.5 inches. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not in humanity's lifetime, but at some point the moon is going to just spin off into space. Well, yeah, it is, it's technically spinning <coughs> off into space as we speak. Mm. Although, is it spinning? Does the moon spin? Uh, no, no, because there's a one side that's always facing yeah, away. Yeah, this is the bit that we always see, As isn't Pink it? Floyd constantly remind us yes, of. Yes, they do. Um, Actually, speaking of the moon, if I can but, hijack your yeah, topic. Yeah, oh, please. Did you know, um, just this week, there's two big 1969-style moon landings happening? Who's doing them? India and Russia. Wow. India, it's their third, I think, in the last, maybe since, maybe the last two decades. And Landing I, no, on no, the wait, moon. No, no, Land, wait, wait, well, wait a second, I'll just be totally clear. Mm-hmm. It, technically, it is in the last two decades, but they, it's, it's in the last two, three years. Wait, have they had men, no. are these manned missions? No. Ah, okay, so they're, no. okay, so NASA are still on course. To no, yeah, first. sorry, I may have bigged it up a bit with 1969 <laughs> yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I'm sure I would have read that and remembered it. So no, they've landed probes and stuff. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah. And India, it's not in the last two or three years, though, though. I think one was in 2000, the India one, there was one in 2008. And I think there was one prior to that. But the one no, prior no, to... No, because, no, because there was, the name of the Indian one is Chandrayaan 3. Yes. That's what's going to land. Chandrayaan 2 crashed into the moon. It did, yeah. And if you want to know exactly how, I know exactly how. Uh, tell us. Okay, was it you meant definitely to? definitely know more about no, this than No, it definitely okay. wasn't meant to. Okay, okay. But then I thought that Chandrayaan... I don't one. know about Chandrayaan 1 at all, actually. I thought that Chandrayaan 1 happened, but what's the thing you were saying? Because I suppose they all have... I thought Chandrayaan 1 was in 2008. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I actually don't know. Don't know but what it's, it's kind of going back a while anyway. But interestingly... Maybe that's where this the moon's is moving. Russia's... <laughs> yeah, people are crashing into it. Um, Russia, this is their first trip back to the moon since 47 years ago. Yeah. Because remember, they were like really rushing to get there before America. And then America beat them and they were like really well, what, buttered what about they that. they be but Russian? <laughs> oh, yeah, there, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> with, with, um, but um, did you hear about the Russian one? Yeah. It already crashed. Yeah. Oh. But like, as, as a space enthusiast, I should be going, oh no, this sucks for Russia type of thing. But then you're like, yeah, take that for what you no, did. No, but it is because the, the guy who's the minister for space effectively, he's an absolute dumbass. He's like a really... It just that stupid he's thick and he's immature and he's like just absolutely the wrong person for the job no, Donald come down off the fence and tell us what you really think <laughs> but it's like anyone who's going to be in a kind of a position of power in Russia it's not about you know it's not like the, it's not a meritocracy yeah exactly this yeah is, yeah I think which is a shame because you know one thing that I always did admire about the um, 
space kind of research and science kind of that that part of science is there's always been agnostic about the 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 animosity between countries if you know what i mean yeah so no other than say for example um, the entirety the, of the, the world war rush to the nuclear um whoever was going to get the nukes first and stuff yeah but and, the, and after that one the and the cold war the moon first who was going to get in space well, first and yeah i guess well, maybe i'm thinking thing was f- I'm, funded by the cold i'm, war. I'm really the thinking of, america yeah. landed on the moon i'll tell you where that comment has come from i was thinking of you know the uh, the uh, book 2001 a space odyssey yeah. and that whole oh, series yeah. i liked how um especially in the end one i think there was one where there was a Chinese ship that was cra- stuck and there was a pilot still alive and they couldn't save him and it was like just really showing the collaboration between nations that transcended yeah, the yeah. petty squabbling of, and of politics. Course, Star Trek. And I was like, oh wait, that was a fictional book. Star Trek. Everybody came together and humanity was a utopia and uh, Mass Effect. Humanity came together. You know, it happens. It's it's a science fiction trope at this point that we get mm. along. Uh, personally, it's the most unbelievable part yeah. of the way to bring it all down, Barry. No, thank you. Um, moving along, the here in Ireland, where we are, um, there's a tourist trail, I guess, or a tourist route called the Wild Atlantic Way that goes all the way from uh, Donegal in the north of the country down to Kerry or Cork in the south of the country. It's actually 2,500 kilometres long and is, in fact, the longest coastal tourist route in the world. How is it so long, considering Ireland is not... I know no, that it's like but it's, it's, jagged it's, it's Ir- and... It's Irish worlds. <laughs> It's like it's one well, of the things that's immeasurable is yeah. the border of a country. Yeah. Actually, the border. Uh, of I was going to say that's totally measurable. The coastline. No, no. The, Do you mean the, the coastline? I, sh- I should say the coastline. Yeah. The coastline of a country. Why? How? Because how do you measure it? Do you, you measure it? Get some orbital tape? satellite photography that's high resolution and oh, way better than okay. the idea of a tape measure. Oh, uh, no, but you literally would need a tape measure because, Mart, in the time that you that you took it, do you take the oh the tide goes in and out? And the tide goes in and out, uh, and then you're talking coastal erosion. The, the yeah, coastal well, erosion. Yeah, okay. Well, what you measure today, it'll be wrong in a million years. Somebody somebody throws a rock. No, not a million years. There are parts of of uh, of Dublin that are falling into the sea. There are parts of loads of different people. Yeah, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, you, you can't be precise for yeah. sure. Okay, moving on. Hmm. Um, there are potentially, they reckon. Uh, 1,500 active, potentially active volcanoes on planet Earth as we speak. 1,500 of them. Potentially active? Potentially active, yeah. Huh. Not sure how many were actually actually active. Uh, quite a few of them, I'd say. So you're saying but that movie with Tommy Lee Jones, I think it's Tommy Lee Jones, Volcano, it is, is yeah. real. It, it's possible. Potentially real. Potentially real, yeah. So yeah, I think I, I was thinking that like one of those goes off Krakatoa style. It would be... What is Krakatoa again? Uh, it was a massive um, uh, volcano, in, I think it was in Indi- Indonesia, uh, and it erupted, and it, um, they reckon it's what created... Oh, it had a massive global effect. You'd have to read up on it. It had a huge global effect on weather all over the world, mm. and, and obviously on the people living beside it. Ice age. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It, it was responsible well, I know there was one there. super volcano that caused one of the six, or one of the five um, extinction, extinction events, events yeah. but I don't know. Okay, that's something, okay. That, um, something to think about. There you go. Now, another thing you didn't uh, ask for and didn't need to know. 138 hours, 41 minutes and 2 seconds. What am I talking about? Okay, say it again. 138 hours, 41 minutes and 2 seconds. Is that the dude that fell in a rock and his hand was stuck? No. That was, like, that was like 48 days. hours, I think. Oh, right. 72 hours, I think that was... <laughs> this is that's, 138 hours. That was the sequel of that movie. Although that sounds... What happened to him sounds less painful than this. This is the current 
world record for the longest song recorded song in the oh world man. Guinness world record wow. thing 138 hours 41 minutes 2 seconds How the that? song Did is the person have to stay awake the whole time well yeah it's hard to sing when you're asleep well yeah but it's also hard to stay awake for 138 uh, yeah. hours and yeah. 2 hours I don't know how the guy did it Dr. Jagdish Pillai from Varanasi Varanasi uh, in India uh, sang a song based on oh God, a right, poem a Hindu poem called Ram Charit Manas for that length of time and uh, yeah yeah it already sounds painful yeah, I know uh, so yeah that's um, yeah I, I, I managed a minute and a half are you actually listening, listening to, to it? it I managed a minute of a half a minute and a half of listening I know to music it, is so. cultural oh, so totally cultural I'm not a fan of you Indian definitely music. should have had a link, Barry, so we could play some of it. So we God, so it. Yeah. I'm so no. glad you don't. No, just yeah. so we could hear it. Like. Yeah. No, well, you can, put a, link, you can oh. put a link in the YouTube video. Yeah, because okay. wouldn't it get taken down if we play some music in the background? Mm, point. This guy, Manish Indianus, yeah. will be yeah. calling us going, hey, take that down. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I'm pretty sure he's following our channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, so, what do you guys got? Oh, thank you, Alan. No, that's it. What do we guys got? Well, do you know what I heard of... Actually, before I even go into it, I'm going to issue not a correction but an addition to the topic from well i'm going to say last week it's actually a whole entire month ago now and by the way sorry to our listeners we kind of effectively skipped an episode there was a pox on our house uh covid visited so we had to kind of shut down for a while shut down production yeah but um you know do you remember last week we were talking about ufos and Mm -hmm. so on and i was talking about this guy bob lazar from the 80s yes who was, I guess, a central figure in UFO lore. But his story was so fantastical, pretty much no one believed him, except the most extreme UFO buffs. And it kind of ruined his life because he was a very promising, really intelligent person, scientist, career, and all this ahead of him. And he kind of flushed it down the toilet by just going public. And it also served, I think, as a cautionary tale for anyone else who might have thought, oh, I'm going to come clean and say what I know. But uh, I, I kind of was, and even I never really believed it. Much as I'm interested in the whole thing and I heard it all the time, never really believed it. But then when David Grush came along and he said, by the way, we do have UFOs and all this kind of stuff to Congress and they're doing investigations now and everything, it lends a bit more kind of retrospective credibility to Bob Lazar. But one of the things that I forgot to mention, which is kind of significant, when he was working on these spaceships, allegedly, uh, he Again, you see, it's just that his story was so detailed and so specific. And he described everything in minute detail, even to the security the security scanner that they had in this alleged secret base in the desert that no one knew about. And it turns out afterwards that it was revealed to be there. Area 51, everyone knows now. One of the things he was saying is, oh yeah, the aliens have this element that we don't even know about. You know the periodic ta- yeah, table yeah. and all the elements on it? He's describing this element called element 115. That's what he called it anyway. And he's saying that they have it in some kind of distilled form and that's what fuels their ships and they have a tiny uh, sample of it and all this. But of course, everyone's like, well, no, this element doesn't even exist anywhere. It's not... It's LK99. No, not even. But it turns out, ah, this was the 80s and something in the early 2000s with the Super Collider in CERN. They created element 115. It's now officially an element on the periodic table. Has been for like, at this stage, 15 or 20 years or something. But it's just another thing 
yeah. that lends credibility to such a crazy story. That's crazy. And that just retrospect. And that's crazy in itself, like. Yeah, because I, I was kicking myself after it's the episode. I was like, I can't believe I forgot to even say that. That's I just, m- it's meta-crazy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's ridiculous. Like. But anyway, that's not what I was going yeah. to... I didn't want to go down the particular rabbit hole. I just said to issue that addition to the yeah. UFO episode. But um, I was going to say, have you heard of the orb? The world coin orb. World coin, no. Oh, yeah. the thing in Las Vegas. <clears throat> oh, no. Uh, well, Go it's on. in multiple cities all over the world. Now, um, basically, you know OpenAI, the company yes. that brought us ChatGPT. <laughs> they're obviously big into their whole AI thing and everything. The next thing that... Oh, or, yes. Yeah, the next thing that that guy, Sam Altman, he's the kind of head of OpenAI. The next thing he's dipping his toe into is Bitcoin. No. Cryptocurrency Exactly oh, oh sorry Cryptocurrency Not yeah. Bitcoin Which is just yeah. I, I don't want to go into Bitcoin In this episode here Because I think We would definitely Do an episode I'd love to talk someday About money As an episode of itself money. Bitcoin would be a part of it I don't want to do A whole episode of Bitcoin Because I think Bitcoin's done th- At this stage But anyway um, the Criminals do not agree with you Well He um, he has decided As in OpenAI Have decided to do Make their own Bitcoin but one of the things that they're doing, which is specific to OpenAI's version of Bitcoin, that's different from every other Bitcoin, because yeah. there are, I keep saying Bitcoin as a kind of a, uh, their own version of um, cryptocurrency, is they have a unique kind of an, I guess, identifier that creates you and proves you as a person. Because in their mind, they're going to use blockchain, which is the kind of a fundamental mechanic all cryptocurrency works under so you can't like for example um let's say real money that's made of paper if you get a forgery machine you can print your own money and it's kind of hard to tell which is fake and which is real well cryptocurrency is built on this basically computer language kind of a secret encrypted database that all the coins trace back to so when you give someone a bitcoin or any form of cryptocurrency it's essentially, you know, I'm not going to say unhackable, nothing's unhackable, but it's kind of a very difficult to hack or make up or anything based on the blockchain. And the whole big deal about blockchain is this crypto database isn't sitting on a computer somewhere that could be hacked or stolen. It's distributed amongst every computer that uses or transacts Bitcoin. But anyway, I digress. Um, they have decided to do their own version of cryptocurrency. That bit, I'm going to leave aside because for the purposes of this discussion, that's not what I'm interested in. They have come up with a great idea. And even if they decided, nah, never mind the cryptocurrency, it's rubbish. Keep the blockchain building blocks and do this anyway. It's literally like a silver orb that you look into and it scans your retina and it will create a, I guess, an instance of you as a person and store it on the... Um, on the blockchain. Now, I can't remember what it's a proof of person or something it's called. So if this existed, you know, if you're ever on the internet and you're going to go to YouTube and you want to watch, uh, you know, some adult, I'm not going to say adult material because YouTube doesn't have adult material, meaning porn, but they have stuff that's under 18s and over 18s. And you have to tick a box and say, oh, uh, Scout's Honor, I'm over 18. Show me this material. Um, Imagine if every person on the internet had a essentially definitive proof tied to you and your account that's not attached to any website but just attached to your instance on the internet now i'm not describing this very well at all but you get your 
orb, you stare into it, it scans it your retina, your retina yeah, yeah. and it saves that kind of detail on the internet, doing air quotes to just mean it's out there. So it's like your, it's like your social security number or your whatever. But more secure because... But actually more secure, yeah. But it's, it's like a unique identifier of you as a human being that exists on the internet. If that could be implemented worldwide for all internet users, and if it became ubiquitous so that you want to go register to a new site, what's your password? Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you've got your, your, your retin thingy. And all of this stuff, it's distributed on the blockchain and they use your retina to create effectively the account and then they delete the, their, their retina kind of record. So even nobody's going to hack this and know your retina so they can use it anywhere They're else. They're not going to do a low key on it and rip your eyeball out. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I just think the idea itself in the context of, uh, you know, an open AI company is now moving into Bitcoin. Very uninteresting. Yeah. But a way of having an account that exists on the internet, you could log into everything. And imagine, you know, why did Elon Musk literally bankrupt himself and get loans out so he could spend $44 billion on Twitter? Because he forgot his password? <laughs> no, no, because he figured, oh, Twitter's full of bots, you know, so I'm going to prove, you know, I'm going to do this right. There is no such thing as bots anymore. Now, bots will be everywhere. OpenAI literally brought them to a new level where they're going to be more indistinguishable from people. But with something like this, you know when you're talking to a bot or not. You'll have that green verified check that comes with the orb yeah. security that you know it's a person. Yeah, I think it's such a cool idea. Yeah, it's just, it sounds fascinating. It's brilliant, like, if it came to fruition. If Well, yeah. it's already there. They're yeah. going to roll it out. But see, the problem is oh, they're implementing this orb. in the context. Sorry? That's why it's an orb, so they can roll it out. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barry was reading a book of dad jokes earlier, by the way. And it's, this, it's, I just rubbed off. I ate one. I'm like Bill Bailey in, in, in black books. <laughs> Look, I have the world up here. I don't know what that is. That's the app that goes Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And I mean, in the context of, say, for example, I've never bought any cryptocurrency and I don't have any interest in doing so. Mm. So, eh, I couldn't be arsed. But if there was, like, buy into this. And by the way, they're really effectively bribing people to do this. They're like, oh, if you sign up to um, WorldCoin right now, you'll get, you know, X amount of money. All this kind of really trying to, you know, the way these things only will either take off or fail yeah, based yeah. on traction. But at one point they were, I think, getting a new subscriber every seven seconds or something for, it, it, it really ha has enough momentum and it's coming from a big enough company. Imagine, imagine if you will, um, if like loads, if they were giving away their uh, cryptocurrency to sign up to this, but then that cryptocurrency itself took off and like billions of people had signed up to it and those billions of people suddenly became millionaires overnight. Like, that's a oh, shocking yeah. effect on the world economy, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, Linda said, could the AI hack, could could AI hack uh, it by recreating your eyeball? Well, for starters, AI, at this stage where it's at, no. But uh, that's the biggest fear that literally no one knows. <gasps> AI is going to get to a point where, and like, if you hear any AI expert I've heard AI experts saying, it's fine, it's going to be fine. And I've heard doomsayers. I've heard some AI experts saying, you know, in the next 20, 30 years, the world is doomed. You know, humanity will have ceased to exist. They're literally that extreme. And the fact is, neither of them know. They're both guessing. No, they're and guessing yeah. Your opinion is as valuable as anyone else's. Yeah. Will it? I don't know. But, you know, no amount of expertise in the field 
is going to allow you to predict what AI is going to be able to do. Yeah. Because nobody knows. But Might yeah. as well ask Nostradamus. Yeah. What I'm really thinking is um, when quantum computers become a thing, uh, like all, I'm just imagining all, um, all, all security systems right now, every security system is based on, even it's basically based on password, which is already stupid and ridiculous. But anything, even like fingerprint scanners, retina scanners, all this kind of stuff is all based on some kind of a hash that's just un- guessable at whatever level of encryption that it's at. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly when you have quantum computers, it's like all that stuff goes out the window. Yeah. Quantum no, computer can obviously at that stage you're gonna to have to have quantum computers doing the encrypting as well, but there's gonna be some kind of a window where you know actually if anybody's looking for do you know the book The Martian? Yes. It's by a writer called Andy Weir. Mm. Oh the movie was eh. oh uh, God. It was enjoyable. I nearly said the the, the line uh, the movie was okay, but the book was better. <laughs> but, but it's true in this. But case. it's true in this case. Yeah. Um, that was one of my first audiobooks that I listened to because the reader was brilliant. But um, he made another book called Project Hail Mary, which is one of the best audiobook listens because, for reasons I can't say, because I'll do a spoiler on the book itself, Project Hail Mary is better listened to by the audiobook version than just reading it. But he also, and Andy Weir, also wrote a short story, and I can't remember what it's called now, but he wrote a short story about a kind of a, you know, sorry? No, The Egg was one of my favorite short stories I've ever read, ever, and I've read a lot. Is, is, um, is Ryan Gosling going to be in the Project Hail Mary film? Linda? He was Linda interested in it, yeah. but I don't know if it's, I don't know where that's at. But see, when you hear these very early, you know, someone expressed an interest in making a movie of a book, that may or may not happen ever. Yeah. And if it does, it might be 10 years down the line. But what I was going to say is, he, anyway, Andy Weir wrote a short story on um, a kind of a, like a, a casino heist style, but uh, where the casino has implemented this new quantum computer kind of thing. But the guy who's doing the heist is actually the guy who did the security. And it goes into imperfect Andy Weir style. This is why The Martian is good. You're reading it and he's explaining really high level scientific stuff, but he's explaining it dumbed down enough and simple that he feeds it to you in little spoonfuls and you think, oh God, Explain. I am so smart for understanding this. <laughs> Explain to me like I'm five. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's not in a condescending. It's like, ooh, yeah. that, that all scienced out and I really got it. Here's the thing. A couple of things you said there reminded me of something else because you were talking about movies that were, books that were made into movies and such. And I was reading uh, something on Reddit the other day and it was that premise of what books, what movies were better than the books, uh, essentially. Hmm. And there, somebody, a, a little sub thing started talking about the James Bond books and their movie counterparts and how they're completely, un, almost completely unrelated. And when somebody commented that Moonraker, the movie, was based in, was shot, you know, Venice, the Amazon rainforest, and the fucking moon. The book was entirely based in Kent. Really? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh, well. <laughs> Which made, good good decision. Laugh, good decision. So Which is called the Moonraker, entirely, entirely in Kent. So yeah, I just thought that was funny. In your, mm. uh, the name of that film art is Didiocracy. Digitocracy. When you say that film, are you saying that's the short the story by Andy Weir that you were just talking about? Oh, okay, yeah. Digitocracy. Is it Digitocracy? I would say. Yeah, I cannot remember it. I listened to it probably a year ago at this stage. Anyway, it's just a recommend since we're talking about um, quantum computers and yeah. hacking blockchains and whether bit, uh, AI will be able to hack the the. Orb or any other 
crypto anything yeah yes is the answer linda at some point ai will do all that but hopefully by the time it's able to they'll also have got the good guy ais to do the preventing of the hacking <laughs> hopefully um another thing did you guys barry and donald i know you've played magic the gathering donald haven't you very little tiny amount same yeah. i've never actually played <clears> it but someone kind of because actually i barely even know what it is fill, fill in our listeners on what is magic the gathering it is a card game where you have specific cards that do specific things, unlike a regular set of deck of cards. Each card has its own thing. It's either a power card or a fuel-y kind of card. I actually have the introduction box at home. Really? Unopened. Oh, what? <laughs> yes, I know. I, I meant Barry to learn. Oshin is at the stage nearly when uh, you play with nah, it. Nah, not yet. Um, it's, it's a very complicated game. Is it? Um, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and these cards, some of these cards are worth... Lots and lots of money, and most of them aren't. Um, but people collect them. They build decks because you have different types of deck. You have like def- very defensive decks and very offensive decks and stuff like that. And they play against each other. And yeah, that's it's a it's a trading My card God, game. I'm just remember the name Boogie Two Nine Nine Eight TCG. That's what it is. A trading card game. Oh, what is Boogie Two Nine Nine Eight? Boogie Two Nine Nine Eight is a YouTuber that famously uh, he, he used to have his his persona online. Is that he um, would throw a temper type of thing, and then one of the games he threw a table over. When he oh, I think I could picture him, big kind of muscular yeah, 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 guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I know that gif from yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. from uh, what you call it, WhatsApp and stuff. But anyway. by, by muscular, he was almost three hundred pounds. But the reason I started asking all this is, um, did you know that there's a Lord of the Rings version of? Um, Oh, what, what the, what's the thing Magic again? Magic the Gathering. Magic Gathering. I never forgot the name of it. So well, Lord of the Rings TCG. Yes. And obviously, if you're going to do a Lord of the Rings card game with all the different orcs and goblins and whatever else are there, there has to be one card to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. They made a one ring card, but there's only one card. Oh my goodness. So they've got this whole thing. What? And everyone's buying the decks. But Everyone was one. buying the deck. Finally, some random person got that deck, opened it up, and like Willy Wonka's Chocolate yeah. Factory. I was just about to start singing, <laughs> yeah. I got a golden ticket, yeah. I got so a golden ticket. How much then is the ring worth? Is the I can already tell you. Oh, right, okay, okay. Because okay. he obviously sold it. Did he? Guess. Wait, a million. I was going to say, by, <laughs> no, by no. saying guess, and you're already, you won't be able to, you won't believe yeah, yeah, how yeah. much this went for. You're going to guess too high and ruin it. No, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess... £85,000. I'm going to go the other way, million. Uh, you are absolutely 100% spot on, Barry. Thank you very much. A million, million. dollars. Yeah. Oh, man. And then never play the game himself ever again. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you could be sure. It's like, you've won it forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the person who's won that card is like, kind of put it in a vault somewhere because he's going to be like, I can't. I think it's actually a famous person that bought it as well, some rapper or something, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, he's never going to, he's going to put that in a little plastic sleeve and put it away, like, so... Oh, totally, you'd, you'd so, have to. So, like, the makers of the game are just like, oh, you can play this card game, but you're never going to get that. Nobody's ever going to play with that card. What? The rest of the card game better be f- really good. And that, that yeah. so much so that that card is... It would have, the rest of the card game would have to be good enough. have to be brilliant. To be able to work without that card, because yeah. 99.999% of all people playing that card game are never going to have the ring anyway. And, 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 like, you're sitting down and you're like, oh, as long as they don't have that card ring, yeah. <laughs> that ring card, I'll be safe. Then you're like, oh, wait, no, that rapper has it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he sits down as your next opponent, and you're like, oh, no! <laughs> yeah, that's anyway, funny yeah. if you understand the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Actually, yeah, speaking of, I don't know, unless don't, don't leave you any other yep. topics randomly yep. to bring up. I have a book worth. A book worth of things you didn't ask for and didn't need to know. I was going to say, so scumbags in Dublin, and uh, Dublin is, has a lot of scumbags. Um, so the government is thinking of introducing a zero tolerance. I don't know if the government's introducing. It was talked about that a zero tolerance policy should be brought in. What do you think? Well, this is obviously because of the spate of crimes that have been happening against tourists in Dublin. Yeah. Well, my own personal opinion, and I think this came out in our death penalty episode, is like, for example, I literally have heard of cases where it's, you know, someone does some violent crime and they're getting put away and you hear in the news and it's like, this is their 138th conviction. It's like, wait a minute, how did you not predict this was going to happen <laughs> from 137 other crimes? It's like some people are on a path and they genuinely need help. I don't think anyone gets to a point, well, actually, I do think some people do, where you're beyond redemption. Most people can be saved. It's just a question of expending of resources and the will to do that. But you, when you're in government position, resources aren't infinite. You've got to make certain decisions. Do we spend so much resources here that we don't spend them over there? These are the decisions that have to be made. But at, at a point... You either decide we will spend all the resources on trying to rehabilitate these people or not stop them. Because every time somebody, if you hear someone has 50 convictions, not all of them are going to be terrible. Some of them have ruined someone's life. So is this yeah. Multiple people's lives. Is, is this solution? So I'm a definite zero, not zero tolerance. Everybody makes mistakes and some people need to make that mistake a few times. But definitely there's a, like I like in America, they have this, for starters, I'm, all, I'm also a fan of privatize the prison system. Give it to someone like, what's the name of that guy who owns Reiner? Oh, um, Michael yeah, Michael, Give Michael it to someone O'Leary, like Michael yeah. O'Leary and say, you can buy a because, prison oh, cell. I'm sorry, but like Amnesty International <laughs> would very strong. Oh, sorry, what did you say? You can buy a bigger prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want the toilet option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that extreme, but what I mean is, because if you look at it, I think it's what, a quarter of a million or 300 grand to keep one person in prison for one year. Yeah. Give me 300 grand for one year and I'll kill that person for you. I mean, come on. There's got to be... Sorry, I'm stuck on the Ryanair thing. I'm thinking now that <laughs> on your way in, there's a, there's a little square hole only about like, you know, 100 mil by 100 mil and it's like, can your drugs package fit through here? <laughs> no, but I definitely feel like when you look at something like the healthcare system, it's broken in Ireland. It's a vortex that's swallowing up money. And I don't know how to make that better. Well, actually, I do. It's got a lot to do with re-diverting stuff into mental health. But I don't know the fix there, really, right? Yeah. But look at the prison system. All the money that's going in there, trust me, give it to someone and give them the... I also believe, and this is why I think, Donald, um, to answer your question, do I believe in three strikes and you're out or whatever? Yes, I believe that to be a part of society isn't some kind of a... And this is what people who, who would disagree with me would say. There's a certain amount of humanity that's a right for all humans. That's what Amnesty International say. Mm. Bullshit. You're wrong. It's actually, there's a certain amount of humanity that's granted to everyone by default, but you can give it up. If you behave in a certain way repeatedly, you should be expunged from society. You had your chance. Ideally, lock them up in a privatized prison system. Don't worry too much about it. I wouldn't be too worried about prisoners' rights. Because fuck you, you already done broke the law. Well, yeah, you've and taken now, somebody now, else's right to e- have a normal life exactly. by committing a crime. Very, very clear. Very, very clear. Because I know how extreme my position is. 
this isn't for all crime. This is for extremely violent or, you know, stuff that ruins someone's life. Because if some something some some people are floating through life like down the river and in that stream, they're bouncing off other people and everyone they touch, they ruin their life forever. By parking, and they're by allowed in disabled spots when they're not disabled. <laughs> no, no, because no, I am, I am, I know I'm being extreme here, but I, you know, anyway, to answer your question, I do think that there should be some kind of a very strict policy on certain types of crime. Barry? Yeah, I'd be 100% with Mart on this. Uh, and it is extreme, but the older I get, the less patience I have for these <laughs> ah, the old toe rags that. Right wing <laughs> extremism. Is yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's right wing. Um, to be, I think to it kind of is actually. Which Are you I more hate, left wing or right wing? I, I, uh, it's just anti toe rag, uh, would be my. Toe I think I was going to yeah. say, just in case, because we do have listeners in America and other countries, I think. Um, Explain Torag. Oh, Torag is just because it sounds like a very specific thing that you it's use a to clean your It's toe. a blackguard. Yeah, a a gurriard. It's <laughs> good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. A scumbag. Um, a, a chav. Um, a rapscallion. A rapscallion. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Although rapscallions tend to be less uh, serious. Yeah, that's kind of a more uh, whimsy. Yeah. Rapscallions yeah, tend to be a little bit more that's whimsy. That's exactly the word I was trying to think of. <laughs> but yeah, basically scumbags. Yeah. Well, what's your opinion, though? Yeah. You've got our opinions and. I think my thought is that we should have a whole episode on this would be the ultimate in three white guys like, given their opinion. Like we did on if, the death penalty. If we had, if we did an episode of this. But I think, um, yeah, it's like, it's kind of, like there's no point in sending loads of guards out if they can't do something. There's a whole theory called the... Um, some of those guards might have tattoos. The, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a whole thing called the broken glass. You know the broken glass, broken windows, broken windows mm-hmm. thing. Do you know about that? Yes. Okay. One of you explain it really briefly, or you'll get my long explanation of it. Okay. So the the broken windows policies that some police forces have brought in around the world is you come down heavy on the very very minor crimes, and eventually it would lead to a lessening of more major crimes. And the theory being, I guess, just to explain the the reason it's called that is there is a thing of you can have an abandoned you know, apartment building yeah. that's just sitting there for years. O'Connell Street. Uh, anywhere. Not, well, no, but an apartment building, say, or a building or anything. And it's fine. But then someday, some gurrier chucks a rock through a window and breaks it. And then he goes off and now there's, of all the windows, only one is broken. That thing could have been sitting there for a year with no broken windows. But once one window is broken, unless that's repaired, you come back a month later, they'll all be broken. Because someone, some other couriers will see, oh, a window's broken and someone got away with it, so I'll break another window because it's fun. Yeah, but Kinda, also, if the person the that, that broke the window is caught and punished, that no one else is going to go breaking that window or actually, spraying graffiti That's actually very interesting because there's two ways to look at it from that point onwards. One is catch them and punish them. Mm-hmm. And the other way is, the, way, the other way to look at it is you realize immediately, okay, this area needs help. If there's a window broken... Let's put extra help in. That's what I was going to say because I can tell you what's needed. Yeah, you can catch them and punish them all the live long day. Actually, that will never work. But that's what they did. They literally caught and punished people that they caught. Because before, if a policeman caught a young guy tagging, you know, spraying graffiti, they'd give him a clip around the ear and send him on his way, and he'd just go off tagging somewhere else where the cop wasn't. But they started clamping down on it and actually punishing anyone they caught doing it, and it meant that those kids got in trouble younger. And got kind of scared straight, I guess, and then not went well, on to doing other crimes. When you say that's what they did, who did it? Because New York, that, New York that, was the first one of the first, I think oh, one of the first okay. cities to do well, it. Because yeah, well, New York was very bad. In no, the 80s. but in the seventies and eighties, was very bad. It was actually an Irish guy. I think he was an Irish-born man who went over there and joined the police force and became commissioner. 
Um, I can't remember his name. Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Condoley, I think, or something like that. But, but yeah, apparently, appar- now, again, I'm pulling that out of my memory. <laughs> do not fact check me. It's possibly wrong. But, but I, to, to, to your point, Donald, because I do agree with you, I think, like I know I, years and years and years ago, the, the governor of Mountjoy Prison, it was John Lonergan at the time, I don't know who he is now, but he, this is decades ago, he was, I remember him saying, uh, you know, it's like he is the governor of the prison, all the prisoners are there, and the w- wife comes in with all the kids, and he's looking at all them kids, sadly just thinking they are going to be the other side of this thing in, you know, another 10 or 15 years, kind of thing. Yeah. Knowing, because if you're born in a deprived area, you're raised in a deprived area, you already don't have chances that other people have, and so on. And like the fix, as you were saying, Donald, is you know, funnel resources into these areas to fix it from the mm. ground up kind of thing, rather than the hard hand of, you know, catch them and punish them yeah. and that'll scare them straight kind of thing. I know that actually there are instances where that did work, so it's not like one is wrong and one is right. <laughs> but it's but both, there's a definite it's a, it's a, mix. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a mix. You've got to have a mix. You've got to have uh, better education. You've got to, yeah, you've got to have better policing. Yeah, yeah, you've got to yeah. have more community outreach, all that stuff. All put together builds a community and that reduces crime. If I said to you the look of the Irish, would you know what it is? It's the common perception that Irish people are lucky. Yeah. Which is a perception from abroad. Yeah. It came from a box of lucky charms. Yeah. <laughs> if I said to you the look of uh, Kurkura, would you know what it is? No. Well, I'm jokingly going to say the girl from the Big Bang Theory. Is it Kelly oh, Kukuo? Kelly Kukuo. Oh, how do you pronounce that? Kokura? K-O-K-U-R-A. Kokura. Yeah, Kokura. Yeah, Kokura. Okay, so anyway, Kokura. So it is 1945, okay? The Potsdam Conference happens. What's where, the Potsdam Conference? Where loads of... Um, loads of... World leaders? World leaders come together and they say, okay, what do we do about Japan? Okay, and they and then mm. the American president goes, I have an, a huge bomb that I can... Oh, this is before the war was over. Yeah, this is before the bomb was dropped in Hiroshima. Oh, yeah, okay. And that happened in the Potsdam <clears throat> conference, okay? Oh, interesting. And, um, was Japan there? No. Because you'd feel if they were there, because, whoa, 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 whoa. So like, how big of a bomb have you? Is this a majority <laughs> vote, or is <laughs> it, can one no, of person veto? Can we veto this? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Because <laughs> you would think they'd go like, okay, we, we surrender. But they were like, you know, we, we definitely have to finish it. So basically, there was a general idea of, okay, we're going to firebomb every single city except for some select cities that we're going to drop the, that, that are potential targets for the atomic bomb. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the, the Enola gate went off and it dropped the uh, little boy on Hiroshima. Yeah. Yeah. And Enola gate was named after the pilot's mother. Okay. Did you know? I oh. did not know. Okay. Yeah. Um, Enola gate Tibbetts was the mother's name, the mother of the pilot. But, then the second bomb happened, okay, and uh, do you know the plane, the name of the plane that dropped the second bomb? No, because everybody knows. Nobody the, knows who everybody, came in second. Everybody knows the first plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not a clue. It was called uh, Boxcar, named after the pilot's mother. Named after the pilot, Boxcar Willie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, and the name of the bomb was Fat Man, and Fat Man was dropped on Nagasaki. Nagasaki. Okay. But when Boxcar went over to drop the bomb, he was like, 
Do, 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 do. Oh, there's too much rain. And they were told you can't use radar for this. Okay, you have to be able to see the target. So on the Enola Gade, they were able to see the target and they were able to see the bridge that they were meant to drop it on. They dropped it and it was successful. Horrifically successful. With the second bomb, they, um, they were looking around to see if they could see the target. But because a city beside... Um, the, the, beside Kokura a city beside Kokura had been firebombed and smoke had gone over Kokura they were like oh, we can't drop the bomb on Kokura wait are you telling me Kokura was the target for Fatboy yeah. or oh, Fatman wow. yeah I did not know that really and, and because of Jesus. because they had bl- firebombed another city upwind they were like oh we're running out of petrol. One of the lines that were uh, into the fuel tanks yeah. were, was damaged on takeoff. And they were like, oh, screw it. We'll just keep on ahead because we have enough to do our mission. But then they were flying around for 45 minutes over Kakura. And he said, Asher, we might as well blow up Nagasaki. Jesus. So that's the look of Kakura. <laughs> and that's the look of Kakura. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Of course, that was three days after. Yeah. That was three days after. And in the interim... If I'm not mistaken, the emperor I might, again might be completely wrong on this. The emperor of Japan wanted to surrender because one of his cities was blown up, but they had to wait. They had to send people out there to look and see was it blown up. Oh, and no. then there was almost like a coup because the military didn't want to surrender because obviously they were all in. They had you know they yeah. had committed everything and they didn't want to surrender. So there was nearly a coup um, in between. And then the, I think when they dropped the second bomb, they went, "Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should let's not send a person maybe we to should, the second city. <laughs> maybe we should fold. surrender." Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, big time. Um, okay, so the, you know the whole Ryan Tuberty thing has been done to death. Okay, but I had heard that um, that I had heard that RT were like deleting Ryan Tuberty's name off the website, and I was going. Can to, I just stop you real ahead, quick, just again because again, some foreign listeners may oh not be yes, inst- okay, yeah. or familiar with the story. Can Actually, I, this is high it. level of just one liner. Um, one liner. Ryan Torberty was. No, there's not to be literally a one liner, but you know. Okay. <laughs> Ryan Torberty is an Irish TV presenter that uh, said, "I earned this much," and the national broadcaster were actually playing him another amount, and then it all came out. And because our national broadcaster is state funded, actually, we funded by paying a television license, um, and the government also funded. There was a big hoo ha about it, and. Um, uh, yeah, now they're not. They're, they were negotiating with him to get him back to work, but now he's not going back to work, or they're stopped negotiating, and it's yeah. all a big. So this yeah. this horrible thing has happened where Ryan Tuberty has deleted uh, RTE from his uh, Instagram, like his he's deleted <laughs> traits of RTE. That's and, like a messy breakup. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. messy breakup. Lock and, your ex and and a CV. Oh my gosh, and uh, and so, so the next job he goes for, they'll be like, "What's this twenty year gap?" <laughs> <laughs> I see here, Mr. Tuberty, that you have on your CV. <laughs> He's not getting another job. Imagine if we wouldn't get a job and said there's 20 year gap. Because he's been with them a long time. I was taking a break. Yeah. But uh, anyway, my, my point was that I started looking into how petty this was. And I looked up to do research because you know the way we always do research oh, yeah, on this. Yeah. Very in depth. So I, I looked, I read an article on The Mirror, okay, The Mirror.ie. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to trust The Mirror. It's a tabloid newspaper. Yeah, tabloid yeah. newspaper. So I, I started reading another thing. And I was like, wait a second. I, I put the the second tabloid, the second, it was from DublinLive.ie. I put the DublinLive article beside the Mirror article. Mirror. And there, 
it literally was they were the same article yeah yeah i saw someone do this you can see it on youtube it's american news shows where they literally they start yeah. off one newscaster saying something and then they superimpose a second one saying the exact same thing and then the third and the fourth and the fifth this and the sixth I've actually seen it, an episode of last week tonight on that exactly because the problem with American media especially and it is the same in, in, in Europe I guess and in yeah. Ireland as well um, is there's one person will own they don't just own that state they'll own like the, a big station but they yeah. could own 30 or 40 60 you know local stations mm-hmm. all around the place and those media people in those stations are mandated that they have to say the same thing. And I know in yeah. the last week tonight episode I, I, I watched, they showed like two dozen people saying word for word, like reading a script, thing. all yeah, of them yeah. the so, same. And thing. they were often yeah. not in, okay. Yeah. In, yeah, in this thing, they they mentioned they talk about um Ray Darcy and they say Kildare born Ray Darcy and, and the other one says Kildare man and then it's the, the rest of that paragraph is exactly the same. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And yeah, yeah. so my point is And should look at I didn't even know it was a thing until fairly recently. This whole thing of like websites will go on Reddit and they'll go to, for example, malicious compliance or petty revenge or one of those and they'll make an article, a clickbait article based on somebody's story from yeah. Reddit. My news app does that. When, when I say news app, I use that word very liberally. Um, I have a stupid app on my phone just with random everything yeah. in it. But a huge amount of stuff is just like this person on Reddit said this and these other people said that. And it's like yeah. they make an article out of it. Yeah. But there, I click on it, so I guess it works. There is, yeah, that's the thing. There isn't a program. There is a website, and what the website does is it gets, what's this website? It gets articles from the left and the right of political leanings to everything. Okay. And it presents the both views to you on purpose, like. I actually heard about the this. Balanced, yeah, a ba- yeah a balanced like, news. They give you a balanced view. Yeah. But I, I would love that's to see the internet. I would no, but I would go to that website one hundred percent. That's Crap. brilliant. Okay, well, we're looking for sponsors, so <laughs> find out who they are. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of fake news, okay, did you hear about Glorbo? No. No. Okay. Glorbo was an enemy that was introduced into uh, Destiny. Okay. Okay, you know Destiny, Destiny 2. Yeah, a computer yeah. game, yeah. A computer game, uh, sorry. Glorbo, okay, so there's a computer game called Destiny yeah, 2, and... And one of the enemies that were introduced into it, there is a, a cheat a hack was made on how to beat this enemy. Okay. Which makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. Except that the enemy was a thing that the, fa- the, the, the community of Destiny 2 came up with on purpose. Yeah. Glorbo doesn't exist. Wait, how can... Okay, keep going, because I'm, I'm not... Well, you've okay, lost me anyway, so but, the yeah. community of Destiny 2 said, let's trick AI. They said, let's invent an enemy that doesn't exist. Ah, so when you and say enemy, that it was introduced in the game, it actually wasn't introduced exactly. in the game. Ah. But the AI, you know the way... So their websites, and what the websites do is they just scrape, they just get words and they put them together and they make a story about the yeah. word. I think what you're so saying... So there's is, a whole... Yeah, there's did, a, yeah, there's a whole, like... Um, there's a whole how-to on how to beat Glorbo. But I think the, the significance of this is essentially what all AI systems do, um, about like chat GPT, all these, these chatbot AI systems, they do what's called scraping the internet, where you literally send it out and effectively it downloads all the internet. So chat GPT 3.5, for example, had data up to, I think, 2019. So if you asked it in 2021, hey, you know, who's the president of Ireland? 
it wouldn't know, or at least it would give, it would it would think it knew, and it would give you data from two years ago. It then, would still be right, but anyway, go on. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, but you know, <laughs> but in a lot of cases, you know, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the data was out of date. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, when they released ChatGPT four point oh, it went and scraped even the newer data off the internet. And you remember recently there was this big Reddit strike where all the oh, mods yes. on Reddit yeah, yeah. got mad because essentially what's happening is people are volunteering their free time to moderate subreddits yeah. on Reddit. Yeah. And they will, you know, moderate it, make sure that the content there is, you know, reasonable and friendly and whatever else it needs to be for depending on the forum. Then along comes these chatbots. And it's not just ChatGPT, Google's Claude, and there's other ones. They're all doing the same thing. They scrape these data, take that data back into the repository, and then spits it out at users and in a human-centric style so that... Uh, say, for example, OpenAI is charging a monthly subscription fee for ChatGPT 4.0. And they're making money, basically, on content that people put on Reddit of their free will in their own free time and never agreed to sell it. It got scraped, taken away without their permission, and is being sold now, and they can't do anything about it. So what OpenAI have done, for example, is they have said... Fine, fine. If you want your site to not be scraped by our bot, put this little flag in, basically put a bit of code yeah. in behind the, the, the site's um, programming so that chat, any, uh, well, OpenAI's chatbot anyway, will come along, see this code and not scrape it. Okay. Firstly, it's opt-in, which isn't good. And secondly, that's what OpenAI agreed to. What about every other chatbot? Yeah. So there's that. But then there's also another thing. Let's say this issue gets solved, because right now this is an ongoing fight between basically all internet sites in the world that are creating data. Even things like New York Times and Washington Post and all, they're like, hey, you are taking our stuff. Um, However this goes, let's say it gets decided, okay, chatbots can't steal data anymore. Or let's say it gets, we can put code in and block it. So that'll happen. You suddenly are going to live in a world where well, any chatbot that managed to scrape up all the data that's there, there they exist. No future chatbots can come along after that because they'll be blocked from doing it. Yeah. So I think the story you're telling, Donald, is kind of how, as part of this uprising against the scraping of data um, of websites, which Reddit did in the form of all their um, moderators marked all their um, forums as not safe for work and didn't allow you to view them for yeah, days yeah, yeah. and stuff. And essentially, those moderators lost that fight because the owner of Reddit, there is a person who owns it, said, eh, never mind, they'll tire themselves out. And then they didn't tire themselves out. So they came up, he said, okay, any moderator who doesn't buy in, get rid of them and just give their, give their forum to someone else who will fall into line. So Reddit has been basically beaten into submission and so will all the other sites. But uh, what another form of rebellion, I guess, by the masses against these chatbots scraping their data is, uh, and I actually didn't know this until you said it there, apparently these kind of destiny kind of forum people said, hey, let's all keep feeding in this fake story and then ask ChatGPT tomorrow and it'll start spinning it out as if it's true, even though it's not. Yeah. So that's the kind of significance yeah. of it. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting though to see where where's the world of, of these chatbots going to go now. Is it going to end up kind of cut off at the knees now where no future chatbots can come along, which almost is worse for competition because it just solidifies the positions of these chatbots that have become established before there were any rules. Yeah. 
And of course, something like that is funny and entertaining, the Destiny 2 story. Yeah. But it's not really going to change anything. It shows, well, how terrible things are going in the future. But here's a quick question, just your opinion, just really quickly. Do you know who Richie Sunak is? Oh, no. No. He's the uh, English Prime Minister. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is just funny because all the English politicians. Uh, Jeez. (laughs) What are they doing now? They're not doing us. They, they've left Europe. So. What they're doing now is sorry, they um, left the EU. They it's are physically impossible for them to leave Europe. <laughs> so some, people, some, people had, some people had issues with that yeah. fact. Really? Oh yeah. We're not in Europe anymore. No, you're still in Europe. Oh. You're just not in the EU. But um, so one of the things that Richard uh, <coughs> did recently is he allowed uh, oil companies to have to drill for oil in the north sea and this kind of stuff okay north atlantic Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what he did really okay the question is should you go should should it be acceptable to go over to a politician's house and knock on their door and give out to them no 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 that's their private abode it's not just probably not just them there there may be partners there may be children so absolutely no no you shouldn't be allowed to congregate at their house or, or protest outside their house yeah. that is what the government buildings are for yeah I 100% agree Put the, you can protest outside the, where they work yeah. because it's their job that you're not agreeing with it's what yeah. they're doing in their job that you do so yeah no 100% so stay away from their house I, I 100% agree so and, and also don't be a, don't be a dick about your protest either like you know if, if, if you're if the politician or whatever you're protesting again happens to be overweight don't be like you fat bastard you know that's not fair yeah, yeah, don't yeah. be like I hate your policies do you think they it, should, that's what it's do about do you think a protester should um, super glue their hands to the road which is uh, the thing it, they do no well I think this whole thing I can't remember which protesters that do this painful. but they well Maybe that too, but but then again, some protesters are willing to sacrifice, and I admire and respect that. But if you're going to be a dick and block the road into the Dublin airport, for example, on some protest, it's almost like I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, up to now, I would have probably agreed with you. Right now, I want to drive over you and then find whatever you're protesting for and burn it down. <laughs> you're not doing your cause any good no. by inconveniencing normal, innocent people. That's Do, the thing. You know, inconvenience kind of, you know, companies or businesses or the system somehow normal people you're really shooting yourself in the foot so for you for example people who throw like paint on art and stuff i mean i don't even understand what that would be protesting in the first place i, I oh, object to a, art they do it literally no they do it literally to get attention no because i remember somebody threw a paint on some painting in um in a i think it was somewhere in france in the louvre or somewhere like that just threw some paint on something and yeah, they managed to restore it, was, it. um that was an environmental yeah. protest. But, but it's like just trying to... That's like a terrorist... You know, that's like a terrorist attack. It's like blowing up stuff for the sake of bringing attention to your cause. Yeah, yeah. Then, I 100% agree. I 100% it's, agree. It's, yeah, I don't agree with that either. Work for so, the so the funny thing is... She did it. The funny thing is, this was Greenpeace that I'm talking about. So Greenpeace covered Richie Sunak's house, Sunak's house in literally a black cloth. But the other thing I'm going to say... Because I already said, nope, it's not good to go to politicians' house. And but then again, let's say a politician says, I'm going to do business with a company and pay them to cut down 100 acres of the rainforest per day because it'll make my nation some profit. That is a significant enough kind of a, that's a matter of life and death to certainly to people, maybe to the species, to the planet. So 
there's, I guess, certain policies that will transcend your day-to-day that that's are so serious that you... overtake the government, but you don't go to the guy's house again. Leave his house out of it, like, leave his family Yeah, but I, I think sometimes that kind of where you but, gloves but, off, this is know, war, but, this is a matter of survival. Yeah, but do you do you do that? Like, what? where is the line? Sorry, where is the line, like? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I can definitely, I can see the point of it. I don't even know if I agree with it, but I, I can see that point. Yeah. Really quick, what's a tofu dreg building? Oh, no, I already don't like the sound of it, though. I don't, yeah, same. Oh. Uh, no one the likes the version. sound of it, and especially when it's <laughs> collapsing around you. <laughs> the meat version is a building that is built properly. A tofu dreg building is the name of a type of building in China because there's so much corruption going on that the so let's say they they have like a building is, exists, okay, and the contractor said, okay, this is going to take let's say. Um, of the of the 400 tons of concrete that are needed that concrete's going to need like let's say uh 80 tons of cement yeah okay but only put in 40 tons of cement and now you have another 40 tons put into the next house and now you've saved 80 tons worth of cement that you can just pocket yeah yeah okay yeah that's that, that, I look at that happens on every single building set in the world. I imagine. Uh, no, not to it, not to this extent. Not to this surely. degree, Barry. You should look D- up degrees. But this is like does how, happen. This is what the no. Russian military was at for decades, uh, where you know they were like, "Oh, we'll just say we're putting a certain amount of armor on the tanks, and really we'll put less and pocket the profit." All well, I mean, yeah, but the, but guys, this is to an epidemic scale in China. It's like. It's it's a massive, massive, massive issue in China where buildings literally just fall, 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 <laughs> just yeah. collapse. It's in China. <laughs> China um, really didn't do themselves any favors you do, you really when they went have a book. and beat up monks. You weren't joking earlier, did actually. You? Yeah, folks, we were going to be talking about BG three. <laughs> Maybe not in this episode. I can save everything here for. Um, I can save everything here for the next one. We were literally how long are we talking now, guys? <laughs> Over an hour, <laughs> and we haven't gone near our main topic yet. Well, we're good to go. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm going to moderate a little bit. I'm going to say, okay, guys, this is enough. <laughs> this is enough. Stuff you didn't ask for and didn't need to know. <laughs> Let's get to the other stuff that you didn't ask for and didn't need to know. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I have a way of, of approaching it. Okay. I think Dawn's going to bring in the segue. Are you bringing in the thing, the questions your mom asked? Yeah. Okay. But... One of you start off, kick off stuff, and tell me when you want me to come in with well, questions. Uh, what, I, what I would like to do is almost preface this topic, because I wasn't sure if this... I'm, I'm, I'm still not even sure how this is going to land, because I, I kind of feel like when we do a subject, we try to take a subject that maybe you might not be interested in, but I'm hoping if you chose to listen to it anyway, that you would enjoy it. Because when I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I'll usually just look at the title and go, nah, 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 well, I'll listen to that episode. So I'm hoping people will give it a go and listen to it anyway, even if you're not a gamer. But I know we did an episode previously on video games, for example, and I feel that episode, if you're not into video games, it's still something that you should listen to. It gives a good high-level overview of the role of video games in the world today, the impact it has, of you know what significance it is. This is a much more niche kind of foothold in the world of video games. It's just one game in particular yeah but i think it's still a good one to talk about because it's kind of a, set a new height 
for there's different genres of video games. There's you know role playing games, real time strategies, first person shooters. This is the best version of one particular uh, genre, the role playing game, and it's based on a. I'm sure everybody who's listening has at least got some familiarity with Dungeons and Dragons, which is the game from the 70s where it's like pencil and paper kind of thing. Someone in the 90s took that idea. In fact, I'm sure somebody did previously, but successfully did it in the 90s. In 1998, released a game called Baldur's Gate, which took this Dungeons and Dragons pencil and paper idea and put it into a video game. And then that was Baldur's Gate 1. I think a couple of years later, they released Baldur's Gate 2. And then there was nothing for two decades because of licensing rights and all sorts of stuff. But the long and the short of it is, Baldur's Gate 3 has just come out. And it's big in the world of video games. And Much bigger than they anticipated. Yes. Much yeah, bigger. Yeah. Much bigger. And I think it's interesting to talk about just for that reason alone. Yeah. So I 100%. think... 100%. So that they're, one of the things that they're, um, they said was that uh, 20 years in the waiting... And six years in the making. So the company that made this isn't the same company that made the original games. It's a a Belgian company called Larian that made it. And they previously made other role-playing games called Divinity and Divinity uh, Original... Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2. Both very, very good games. Um, But with Baldur's Gate 3, they, they developed it for six years. And three years ago, they released it on what they call early access. So when a computer company... Games company release a game on early access. What it means is it allows them to get a portion of the game out there, allows fans of the games or the genre or the title to buy into it, play it, try out a little bit of it, and give feedback, which allows the developers then to fix bugs or change direction and and stuff like that. And uh, Larian did a fantastic job of that. I bought the game. I think I'm the only one of the three that actually had it in early access from day one of Early Access, and I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. Now, I liked Divinity and Divinity 2. I thought they were good games. Not not 100% my cup of tea, but I enjoyed playing them a little bit. And in the early part of the Early Access, I felt it was a little bit too close to Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But they listened. They obviously got a lot of that kind of feedback, and they listened. They changed, they changed it up. And what they ended up making is a game that is incredibly addictive it's very very true to um it's not quite the experience you get from playing uh dungeon dragons around a table with your friend because that's something I'm, I'm very used to as well i've been doing that for years as well but they have made a computer game that's very very close to that experience they've put so much into this game it's absolutely incredible uh tiny little details everywhere that are just they just make you smile when you're playing it. You're like, ah, oh, didn't notice that my first time playing it. Didn't notice that my fifth time playing it. And little things like that. And the level of detail in it is insane. Just for example, there are, they, this is what they say. I haven't uh, gotten, uh, there are three acts in the game. I haven't got out of act one yet. But there are, they reckon, 17,000 possible ending variations in this game. 17,000. Okay, I'm going to say at this point, explain... So, actually, wait. Will I come back with the questions? You can if you want. Can I even just? I'm going to elaborate on that seventeen thousand endings thing. Yeah, but can I? If you are going to elaborate on it, let me frame frame Mm -hmm. it. 
So let's say someone never played a computer game, but they're still listening to this podcast. Yeah. And they have an, they have an idea of a film. A film starts here, storyline happens, and it finishes there. And there's only one ending on it. They might be thinking, how could there be 17,000 endings on this game? Yeah. Or they, or they would have read a book. And the book might be a... They might be familiar with Choose Your Own Adventure. And they might be like... Which is more a, a better example of Choose Your Own Adventure. So, Yeah, I was actually going to just use the movie example as the clear linear path from the start to the finish and that's the product but video games and not all video games some video games are exactly like that movie they have the storyline from start to finish and that's it but some video games allow you to interact with the world and decisions you make uh, will influence what happens so for example in Baldur's Gate there's I don't know hundreds of different people that you interact with you can talk with you can whatever but you can also end up in a fight with them you could kill them so if you depending on your actions in each encounter with every person you meet in this world uh how you might even just have a fight with them and they'll go off and they're not friends with you anymore kind of thing and that can actually happen um you're going to end up with the next thing you do with the next person you meet or the next place you go will be influenced by what you just did so in one playthrough you might kill this person you met so by the end of the game that person isn't even there in another playthrough, you might not have killed the person. You might have become friends with that person. They might have joined with, uh, joined your team. And at the end of the game, that person is standing beside you as you beat the final boss or whatever. So, Or you could be like the people that I was reading about the other day that got about 30 hours into the game, made a decision, and everybody died. At that early part of the game. Wow. They made a single decision, yeah. and everybody died. So every single time... Um, almost if, if if like if you play the game and take the exact same choices every single time you're going to get more or less the same result but even then it's going to be nearly impossible with the amount of dialogue options and the amount of npcs which are non-player characters that you interact with like you were saying it's going to alter the endings and that's how they have seventeen thousand possible variations on an ending it's it's mind-boggling it's 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 brilliantly done they have a hundred and seventy eight 174 hours of cutscenes. Yeah, I heard about that. It's like right? more than how many... You, People gave just, out stink about Metal Gear Solid 4 because it had eight hours of cutscenes in it. Right? Now, to be fair, the ones in Metal Gear Solid 4, one of those cutscenes was 71 minutes long. What? Yeah, so... 71. To explain, a cutscene, you're playing your video game, you're controlling the character. A cutscene is where something happens where you're not controlling the character and it plays out like a short uh, short part of a story, a movie, where it's scripted dialogue and, and so on. Um, so that's a cutscene. So yeah, there are people, I remember people giving all... There was a cutscene in a video game that was 71 minutes long. You literally had to sit and, sit and watch a movie. But you wouldn't be able to, what if you're in the middle of it, go, oh, i got to go to dinner or... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't played the game yeah. myself, so I don't know. But I remember but, when, yeah. I, when I heard this about Lord... Or, um, Baldur's Gate 3 and I heard that before I bought it or anything that there was 178 hours of I was like well forget that I'm not gonna even even interspersed in little splices throughout the, the whole game that's just too much but then I realized there's that many but if no matter what playthrough you do you're not gonna end up seeing them you're all you're not gonna see them all because obviously no, no you know depending on what you say the person's gonna say something back and if yeah. you say something different they'll say something different back but you're not gonna see both and, and the thing about it is you can't uh, a lot of computer games allow you to, like, uh, a lot of computer games that have dialogue in them where you talk to uh, characters in the game, they allow you to step back and then ask, so you might have a choice of five things to say to them. You, you pick choice number one, 
they give you their response and then you go back and pick choice number two a lot of the stuff in Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't do that you you choose number one and they go number two and then you've you're moved on to the next part of the conversation and you can't go back sometimes you can depending on who you're talking to but sometimes that's it that's your choice yeah. you've made your choice it's locked in. But that's confidence by the producer. Because I know normally video game producers are like, we have spent time paying actors to yeah. voice act this. We want every player to see every bit that's in it. Larian have made the decision, I think, eh, not everyone's going to see everything. We're okay with that because... Two million words is how many lines of script or words in the script that they've written for this, for yeah. this game. And oh, to be fair, some of those presumably are... Ugh as your character gets hit something with a sword or something. Well, you know, I still but. did hear that that's more than seven War, of Pe- War and Peace books. It's it's more than the entire run of um, uh, Game of Thrones books. All of the books, all the books that George R. Yeah. R. Martin has written so far. That's more than that. Uh, so it, it's a lot. And it's all incredibly well. And two things, it's incredibly vo- well voice acted. But on top of that, none of it is the protagonist. The character you create doesn't say a word so they've got all that dialogue for everybody else it's insane you can talk to everybody and they all have something to say and it's all voice acting they all have something to say they all have something to say even if it's just oh bugger off I'm not talking to you today and then you're done that's your conversation yeah yeah but they all have something to say and like uh, there's no spoiler here because Baldur's Gate is is, is, is is in the name when you when you're in Baldur's Gate it's a it's a huge sprawling city with lots and lots of people in it and they all have something to say. So yeah. that in itself yeah. as well is absolutely incredible. Another interesting thing about this game is, like I said, they released it in early access three years ago. And they had said, okay, we're going to be releasing it in September 2023. They said this earlier this year. Then in another games company, Bethesda, came out and said, we're releasing another role-playing game, another RPG, called Starfield in September. Now, a lot of computer game companies, they, they have the thing called the crunch. Is that the right? What's the right word? The yes, crunch. Yes. Where they're going, the release date's coming. Everybody work harder. You have to work 500 hours today. You know, so they put their people, but Larian had done it in such a way and they have this, this ethos as a company where, you know, they don't do that. They ha- and they also have the confidence in their product to say, hey, let's move ours back a month. Or, you know, forward a, forward a forward month. A month, forward yeah. a month. They released it early. <clears throat> now, very, very few games companies can do yeah. that. On and top of that, bug free, or they released it would be it, bugged as hell. They released it a month early and had very few bugs, which for a modern computer game mm-hmm. and one of this complexity as well. Yeah, one of this complexity, this size, this six years in, in and another thing about it, there's no DLCs, there's no game, there's no shop in the game, there's no microtransactions. Oh, there's yeah. no plans for an expansion or a DLC or anything like that. It's just we have made this thing. If you want to pay money for it and play it and enjoy it and enjoy it whatever way you want there is so much in the game that's just that there's a lot to be said for that because i remember i'm sure you remember the famous there's an rpg that came out in 2011 called skyrim Skyrim. and um was oblivion though was it well was it oblivion oblivion that did the the horse horse armor yeah Yeah. okay yeah (laughs) they basically were like and that was the that was kind of the first one well it was the first one that had a lot of bad press anyway i should explain just dlc is acronym for downloadable content and basically what that is is you pay your money you buy the game you now own that product but within the game you can buy these little extra bits and pieces here and there and it's generally frowned upon by consumers because there's a kind of a feeling of look i bought the game 
you know, why are you... And I think it's different if you buy a game and then there's like a whole big add-on where you mm. can have this whole new big area to go because after the game is sold, the producer or the manufacturer developers go back and create this extra whole new content to add in. That's okay. In fact, that's welcome. That's welcome. But yeah. when you have a game and it's like, ooh, but you can buy a sword that can do a plus one extra damage for a euro. It's or or like, worse, that's you can petty. buy the sword and it just makes the sword you already own look slightly different. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there, there's, there. I think DLC is a bit of a, within the world of gamers, a bit controversial. Because I still remember, um, do you know Dragon Age? Actually, yeah. Dragon Age was made by Bioware, the Bioware. same company that made the original Baldur's Gates. Yeah. And Dragon Age was six years in the making, and it was perfection it was to me. Brilliant. Like it for me, brilliant. Baldur's Gate 1 was my favorite game ever until Dragon Age came along. Then that was my favorite game ever. For, But after Dragon Age did so well, EA came along and bought the IP, and they said quick, you have one year, do Dragon Age 2. So they did, it sucked. And um, I remember the launch day. It was like, I bought it, installed it, sat down. I was at the camp. You know, you're talking to all the people there and there's a weird dwarf at the corner. And he's like, yes, for five ninety nine, you can go over to this other place. It was like, what? really? On day one, you have totally <laughs> immersion breaking, you know, pandering, oh, trying to quibble over a few it. quid to try to sell me yeah. some crap. I was like, oh, that. Yeah. But it was like, that's EA's fingerprints all over it. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. That, and they've killed many, many an IP yeah. over the years. So you can see straight away for, you know, Larry and to do in Baldur's Gate to make the decision, nah, we're not going to grub it up with any of that. That's yeah. that's a good decision. They did a great, yeah, they did a fantastic job. It's a, it's a, so far, I'm enjoying the hell out of playing it. There's so much in it. So, it's okay, at this point, I'm going to ask a few questions about the game. Yep. And then, because you have more stuff to end up don't you? Yeah, well, no, I've just got some bits here. Yeah, okay, go ahead. so I'm going to go. Now, these are from the, the point of view of an absolute noob. And it's almost like we're going to try to convince them this is why you should play computer games, and specifically this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we might as well approach it from some angle. We can, but the one thing I would say, funny enough, firstly, I don't think computer games are for everyone. It's like... If I was to try to convince you, Barry, 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 you should listen to podcasts all the time because I do. Mm. Well, I mean, I do, but maybe you don't want to. Mm. Or I might be like, hey, hey, um, listen to audiobooks. Because there's a few people I'd be always, oh, you should listen to audiobooks because I love audiobooks. But then <clears throat> some people, maybe they like reading real books, but they I don't prefer, want to. I much prefer reading. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's fine. And I would equally say there are some people who won't be interested in video games. It's like somebody trying to convince me, oh, Mart, go and kick a football around the pitch because it's enjoyable. Well, no. You've done it, and you don't enjoy it. Yeah, it's just not my bag. Yeah. So equally, video games would be exactly the same. Eh, I like video games. I wouldn't necessarily try to convince everyone. You know, I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, okay, but then I'll say, and we already had a whole podcast about games. I Like, Baldur's Gate is, Baldur's Gate is one type of game, but a lot of people are listening to this would say like, oh, I wouldn't, why would I play Baldur's Gate? But they've definitely played games. Like they might have played a game on their computer, the four in a row games. They might have played solitaire. They yeah, probably what you're saying is a lot of people. I think most people in the world today, of all the people who have played games, will have played mobile games. Yeah. Which I would almost look down my nose on. I would definitely judge not the gamer, but the game itself. Because mobile games 
tend to be do this repetitive action repeatedly in a little Skinner's box where you get this dopamine rush by doing some little achievement and going up a level yeah. or doing your daily challenge or whatever. It's using the mechanic that is in games, but it's stripped away all the gaming bit and all the fun bit and just left that that mechanic of push the button, get the endorphin rush, and that's the game. Okay. Which isn't really a game, oh, but that's a boy, whole other conversation. Track, yeah. yeah, sorry, that's a no, whole other no, conversation. No, 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 no. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's relevant because if I, like, one of the questions I had is how do you play Baldur's Gate? Like, literally, how? Do you want to answer or would I? Just on a really, is it high level, is it? Is that what they mean? As yeah, a high level on how you play Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I'm stumped. Well, I mean, basically, Baldur's Gate, just to remind us what we've already said, it's taken the mechanic of Dungeons and Dragons and just put graphics around it and put it into a computer game. But how you play it is, it's set in a medieval world, and if you can imagine something like Game of Thrones or... I was, yeah, I was just going to say, give an example of a book or a film. Yeah, if you can imagine something like... <laughs> or a TV series. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Yes, <laughs> for example. Unfortunately, didn't get the love it deserved, and yeah, I don't absolutely. think many people would have watched it. But yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, is a movie based on the Dungeons and Dragons intellectual but property. Yeah, but yeah, Game of Thrones... But Game are, of Thrones is more widely yeah, known. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's a medieval kind of... But it's also a with, medieval. Yeah, with zombies and dragons and stuff. Yeah, and dungeons. And, and, it's, and it's literally okay. played on a computer screen using a keyboard and a mouse. Yes, but what makes it good is actually, that that's a very much fundamental high level, but what makes it good is the immersiveness of a role-playing game. And this is the role-playing aspect of it because you've lots of games where you're controlling people and you're in a, a medieval world that don't have this. But uh, this has the whole element of, and a lot of this game will be spent in dialogue with other characters. It's not all about running around and killing people. And you can meet people who might choose to fight beside you. You can have a, what's called your, you know, your your gang or your, your band, party. your party work together. And that can be, I don't know, there's, I don't know, probably a dozen people or something. I think there's four that can be with you simultaneously in this one. In the previous Baldur's Gates, there's six. six. But you can have multiple different people with you. So you can actually also balance out your party so that you have one person who's the talker he's the smooth talker you can have another person who's the wizard and can do big magic and another person who's a healer you have all these different type of skill people but you also get to know their personality so there's somebody who is like wow this person's a great fighter i want them in my uh, i want them in my party so that when we get attacked they'll protect me because they're really good at fighting but also they're kind of a really annoying person and I don't like them. So you're almost wanting to kick them out of your party even though you need them because of their personality. And that personality grates on you because will this be, the game has done so well. Would this be another human or an NPC? Oh, they're all NPCs. Sorry, okay. I should be clear. You are. There is a multiplayer option, but probably most players will play this as it's a single player game. You're playing by yourself. You're controlling your character. And then all these other people you meet are all controlled by the computer. Yeah. But you can play also in real life with four people can play in a team together. Yeah, there is a multiplayer option where yeah. four real people can play together, yeah. And so if there was someone out there who had never ever played or heard of it, like what's D&D? &D? Right, okay. So D&D &D is a fantasy role-playing game um, developed in the 1970s. And essentially what that is, you have a group of players around a table. One of those players is called the GM or DM, which is Dungeon Master or Game Master. I'm going to stick with Game Master for the explanation. And he controls the world and all of the P 
people and creatures in it. The rest of the players control a single character that they decide on what kind of character that is, whether they be male, female, whether they be a fighter, a rogue, a dwarf, a, a, a spellcaster. And the dungeon master, the, the game master, will describe a scenario and the players will describe how they react to that scenario. Then there's rolling of dice, which helps um, decide the outcome of those things. And the dungeon master makes calls on those dice rolls, maybe makes some dice rolls himself or things that happen behind his uh, his screen where he keeps things. And the game is done like that. It's it's a very social game and it's a, it's a huge amount of fun. Um, and people get to role play different characters and the... the the fights and the uh, conversations that are had around the table are just, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you may remember just to anyone who may not be overly familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, but it was kind of brought to popularity by Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. And or, Critical Role are or, the two biggest things. But the thing is, Critical Role, I think, I would, I think you'd be hard pressed to find some random person who knows of Critical Role without already knowing of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong there, actually, mm. to be fair. I don't really, but definitely I feel like Stranger Things in the first episode showed the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons and that was essentially what they were doing. But I think this is what Baldur's Gate has done so well. The big benefit of Dungeons and Dragons, and chime in here anytime, Barry, but basically the, the game's master is the person who um, essentially spins the story and everyone else is in it. Mm. So if you're the game's master, Barry, and you're saying, oh, we're in a dungeon and there's a monster in the corner and I might randomly choose, I choose to run away or I choose to grab a candle and throw it at the monster's mouth. I could randomly come up with any, anything. Yeah. And it's up to the games master to say, well, you roll a dice to see whether you're able to and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's the total freedom of whatever you can imagine you want to try to do, you can try to do. It might be ridiculous and fail, but you can try. Yeah. And I think this is the big deal about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Is it, well, Baldur's Gate 3 particularly, it's really successfully managed to take that complete freedom to try anything. Yeah. And it'll work. It'll work this time. And then you do another play and it won't work at all. Oh, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you, know? you can... Oh, but you, sorry, when I say it'll work, yeah. it'll work that you can try. Yeah. You can try. I'm going to grab a chair and try to throw it at him. I, I mentioned or, Critical um, Role there. And for people that don't know, Critical Role is a live um, internet role, uh, Dungeons & Dragons game done by professional voice actors in America. And uh, it's massively, massively popular. Uh, one of the biggest earners ever on Twitch. They, they, they've branched out from doing this simple uh, live online game to their own press company, their own publishing company. They've wow. created their own games. They're, they've become, like a lot of them have become household names. Uh, and one of those names is Matt, Matt Mercer, Matthew Mercer. He's the GM of it. Um, it's so far as that there's a, a term now in Dungeons & Dragons circles called the, the Matt Mercer effect where people watch Critical Role, go to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and then the G- the GM is not Matt Mercer style, and they're like, man, this isn't as good as Critical Role, because, <laughs> you know, of course not. He's a professional voice actor and yeah. a man who's been playing Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing games for donkey's years. He's forgotten more about role-playing games than most of us will ever know. Mm. Um, but, and actually, he does voices in Baldur's Gate 3 as well. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh man, now I forgot my point. What were we talking about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you were just saying how big Critical Role is, and I think yeah. just giving people a background of what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, there was a reason for it, though, and I can't remember what that was. Anyway, it is a huge, uh, massively popular thing. They pack out convention centers when they turn up to these um, uh, games, 
conventions and stuff like that like they're just insanely popular like um yeah Barry, you were talking there about uh twitch so if someone wanted to see a gameplay so there's nothing that happens on the internet where people play a game that's popular at the moment and uh and just other people just tune in and just watch it type of thing you know yeah that's that's essentially what okay. they do and yeah. then they they do that live on a thursday and then on the following monday or tuesday they they put it up on youtube as well yeah. like, so so a perfect example of that is for one of our friends that does it is a guy called shadow hex so, so that's s-h-a-d-o-w underscore h-e-x so if you go on to kick and look for so download the app there's an app that you can get on your phone or you can get on the with the website and the app's called kick okay is so that k-i-c-k or? k-i-c-k and if you go on to kick and if you look for shadow hex that's a person we know and he's playing he's playing through Baldur's gate yeah. how much Probably. how much did jay give you for that <laughs> was that jay is it yeah, 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 oh, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> i want to cut but um <laughs> So hopefully, so Jay, like, I suppose he can make his whole career trying to finish the game on that. This is, this is the, and that's the thing about <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. there's so many choices. Like, just to give you an example, um, you can you, you pick up a lot of stuff as you go along in the game. Um, and for example, one of the things you pick up is a bottle of grease. So you get into a fight, or even if you don't, you're standing on the street corner, you can take that bottle of grease and you can throw it. And it'll break and grease will be all over the floor. And then anyone walking through it can slip and fall. So if you've got enemies, you can throw that at their feet and they might slip and fall. But you can also cast a spell at it. And one of those spells might be a fire-based spell. And fire and grease equals boom. You yeah. have a big fire on the ground now. And the enemies are still standing in there or they've slipped and they're lying on the ground. And now they're on fire. And then you might feel sorry for them. So you can throw a bottle of water at them and they'll put out the fire. <laughs> like literally. And, and, and then if that kills that enemy, you can go over and pick up that enemy and throw them at another enemy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, or you can push them off a ledge. There's just uh, yeah. Even throw so, a bottle of water at them, and if you have a lightning-based spell and yeah. it hits the water, it'll electrify the water, and anyone standing oh, in it. Class. There's yeah. even there's all these effects. Or, there's boots you can find that you can put on a character that will, if they're standing in water, they'll and they cast a spell, any spell, or they or they attack or they do something, they'll get electrical charges which they can then release into enemies. Oh. Which means if you give them bottles of water, they can smash it on the ground at their own feet. And then start casting spells and pick up. I have pictures. those boots, but I didn't. I read the instruction, the the the, the, the description. description, and I was like, "What? I don't even understand." Yeah, you smash a bottle of water at your feet, and suddenly. But if you, what you do need. any spell, you any spell you cast, I think, I think it's any spell. I, huh. I can't remember now because I hope it's I didn't sell them. I was like, "Oh, what even are these?" Because you have so many stuff. It's like, yeah, oh. I don't sell. I don't sell anything magical. Yeah, that's why. That's just my my, my uh, strongest character that can carry the most stuff is just. It's like a pack magic. mule of yeah, magic. Essentially, I could send them back to camp. Which is the thing you can do, but I, but I'm just not. Don't never trust it. Can't be yeah. right back and be robbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Gail will abate everything. Okay, so here's here's another question, right? Of the options that a person has to do in a day, like you know the way you, what's that thing there? Maslow's triangle. The triangle of needs. Yeah, yeah, the triangle of needs. You have to sleep. You have to go to the bathroom. You have to do all this kind of stuff. Okay, but then from a from an entertainment point of view, you have all these choices. You can. Look at a t- television program. You can. Um, what's any other entertainment thing? Read a that book. Is, you can read a book. Listen to music. Listen to music. You can learn music. You go for a cook, walk. Go for a walk. Okay. Why would you do. Why would you play Baldur's Gate 3 over all of the other ones? Because when you choose to play Baldur's Gate 3, you're saying, of every single thing I could do in my whole life, 
I'm choosing to play Baldur's Gate 3. Well, I know personally I'll say this much about it. Again, for starters, I don't think you'll ever convince someone who doesn't like video games that they will like this game. Oh, no, no, but, but for and someone who's... Who, yeah. like for or someone, someone who who's never, ambivalent. For someone who never played it. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to convince them, play it. I mean, again... I, I, think, yeah. I think what the only means is just explain. Not, I don't think the only actually is going to go out and try and convince people who don't play video games. Yeah, games. okay, okay. Just using that extreme example of... Yeah, but what I was going to say then is, one thing about it is, compared to other games, is it is immersive. Like, for example, if I was going to play Call of Duty, and I only had 10 minutes before I had to bring the dogs for a walk, you know what, I'll jump in and do one quick map and then go. That's it, done. You Call of Duty is in very bite-sized, small, you know, chunks. Chunks. Something like Baldur's Gate, I feel anyway. Like, there's no point sitting down if you only have 10 minutes. Ah, I have to disagree with you there. I feel the simple like, reason that you yeah. can log, you can jump into the game and then either, you know, go to your camp. If you've got 10 minutes, go to your camp, sort out some of your inventory, you know, well, talk to the people that you might not have talked to for a while, you know, things like that. You can always pop on. You'll always find something to do. Like, mm, even, yeah. if it's, even if it's only moving up the map a small bit. Uh, and then if, if sure if combat happens you can just leave it and walk away but I will say Donald just to compare it to other games or whatever it is very slow paced mm. um, and you can lose hours, hours to it in one go it's very slow paced but here's something interesting speedruns now for those of you that don't know in gaming there's, a, there's an entire community about called speedrunners who try to finish games as quickly as possible they use Glitches, they use silly little things that allow them to get to the end of the game quickly. Sometimes it might be uh, where the programmers have infused two walls together and they realize they can, if they jump in this exact right spot, they'll get over and suddenly they're in a whole other area. Uh, little things like that. So they try and finish the game. Now, this is a game that has hundreds and hundreds of hours of content. And someone called uh, MTIL uh, completed Baldur's Gate 3 in 10 minutes and 25 seconds. What? Yeah. The other thing that happens in Baldur's Gate 3 is you can romance some of these other characters in the game. You can actually build up a relationship with them, um, get them to the point where they like you, and then you can romance them. And there are adult themes included in that. One of the adult themes is one of the characters is a druid, and druids can take the form of animal animals. One of the animals the druid can take the form of is a bear. And yes, there is... Uh, a cutscene of bear sex in Baldur's I was going to say when you say romance that's obviously euphemism for yeah yeah Uh, the fastest romance speedrun by the way is 2 minutes and 13 seconds now that's 2 minutes 13 seconds that was definitely white man from when you get control of your character on the nautilid on the start of the ship they found a way of getting off that really fast like I think 17 seconds to get off that ship that takes you know new players yeah hours to get through then they have a way of initiating the combat in a certain area but not themselves in it and then they're able to jump over a load of rocks get into another area talk to a guy that raises the affection of one member of the NPCs up high enough that he can then instantly go to the camp and seduce them what? two minutes and what did I say? 13 seconds and that was by just to give credit where it's due that was by a YouTuber called May M-A-E uh, and they hold, <laughs> and they have held these records for several weeks now. They had, I think, the fastest was was like eight minutes or something. I think they've managed to I shave. In my in my in my aim of trying to explain D and D, and in my aim of trying to explain D and D, 
that's the hardest thing to explain that whole thing you were just talking yeah. about right? <laughs> it sounds that sounds crazy what to exactly? people that don't know exactly. but yeah. for those who exactly know they're laughing right now there. I was going to say as for everything that Donald was saying about try to convince someone to play Baldur's Gate they're like no, no. <laughs> or they're going bear sex <laughs> <laughs> fuck it I'm in but yeah um, crazy stuff but that's the thing it's just a myriad of possibilities yeah, yeah. And, and, and things will happen that'll have you laughing like there have literally been times where I've played that game where I've had to stop and just I'm just laughing it's, and yeah. it's 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 just very, it's great entertainment um, and I've had I've said this before several times uh, anyone that knows me I used to play pay uh, 15 quid a month to play a computer game World of Warcraft and people often used to say to me man you pay money every month to play that game why and I said well do the maths I spend I can't remember at, the t- at one time a lot of hours every week playing that game we lost you for two years Barry yeah this is it so <laughs> When you break it down that way, when you do the maths on that, how many hours over 15 euros a month, that there, there's very, very little else in the world of entertainment that can, yeah. that can come close to that. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, if you go to a pub... Today is 15 euros. <clears throat> yeah, if you go to a pub one Saturday night and you're, ta- you're, you're spending 70 or 80 quid probably, and if you throw in a taxi and maybe a babysitter, you're talking about 150 quid for one night <sighs> for a few terrible. hours of entertainment. And entertainment that leaves you groggy and tired and possibly headachey the next day. So you tell me which is which makes more sense, like. No, the, the logic is sound. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's another question. Uh, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. There's there's nothing I want to say. But um, what age group w- should play the game? Could play the game. And the same for. D&D the same for, so for D&D same for tabletop and yeah game. for tabletop and for Baldur's Gate 3 well, specifically I've alluded to bear sex yeah so obviously someone mature enough to understand that that's not something you should go out and do I guess should, you know? something you should not try to do yeah should definitely not are try are we talking to in the game or in real life yes in real life All right. no, in the game yeah why not it's a game makes no odds <laughs> but in real life yeah definitely do not try and go and have sex with a bear even if you think you're getting along really really well with the bear Probably not. He accepted your honey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, someone who's mature enough to, to handle that. Yeah. There's swearing in the game as well. There's profanity. Oh, there's it is nudity. a mature content game. There yeah. is maturity. There's an option in the options screen of the computer game. There is a tick box for show genitals. So I was really shocked at that. Actually, I was because well, you just thought they shouldn't give you a choice. Well, just throw I'm, those genitals no, in your face. Not even. No, it was at one point. You know the way it's like you, the, the whole essence of all of these role playing games is you have a coat of armor that gives you three protection yeah. and then you kill someone and, oh, his armor is better than mine. So his armor is, gives you four protection. So you take off your crappy armor and you put on the better armor. But I was like, what, Shadowheart? It's taking off all the clothes and put on other clothes. Like, what? It's butt naked underneath. It's like every video game ever. And I've played all the RPGs. When you take off all their clothes, they still have their unremovable kind of... Have you read the descriptions on all the underwear? No. <laughs> Every single underwear has dis- has uh, has a description on it. <laughs> oh, man. What's the description? Uh, well, I can't think of anything on the top of my head, but every single... No, well, I think nearly like? every... Not everyone, is but it like all the main soiled? kind of character ones. <laughs> no, for example, like the uh, the Wizards... The Wizards ridden. underwear says something, says something along the lines of, can they, do these underwears really give off an arcane energy? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it makes sense. It makes... I think in a game where it's like, you can go and, like, even... 
there was one point where you, I came across these enemies, but they were sleeping because they were all drinking after a party. And it was like, I just slit all their throats when they were asleep. No fight. You yeah. still get the XP and you can steal their loot and everything. So in a game where you can go around killing people, chopping off their heads, brutally murdering them in whatever way you please or throwing them off cliffs or anything... To be like, ooh, but don't show a boob. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make any sense yeah, at all. Thing, it's either it? a game for adults or it's not. So yeah, to answer and those questions, it is a game for adults. Yeah, I wouldn't have know, a 12-year-old playing it. Yeah, exactly. And the tabletop game, a little bit different. Like, if you, I, I, would, I would say 12 would probably be the youngest, really. Like, you'd probably go younger. I was going to say, I would assume if the GM makes a campaign for kids. For kids. Then 100%. 100%. Um, But, like, the game that I GM and Donald plays in um, a couple of times last year, my, what was he, five or six at the time, sat in with us for, like, ten minutes before he went to bed. And it was was really funny because he he understood the concept. He understood what he was supposed to do. He can't read, though. So, you know, there's... You know, he could read his character sheet. And, you know, he was able to read the dice rolls, but he wasn't... You know. He could be like an orc with low intelligence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even the orc with no intelligence has to know what he's able to do. So he has to be able to read some, you know. Um, but you can, I suppose... You could, in theory, make a simplified version of Dungeons & Dragons. And I'm sure it's out there for younger children. But I think there is so much stuff in the tabletop game mm. that you would want like 10 to 12 actually like, yeah there's loads of books of reading a lot of reading and there's a lot of concepts as a lot well of like. concepts, a lot and of the concepts. concepts aren't like bad concepts just that yeah. it's like and if you do this and combine it with this then this will happen definitely. just so people are clear it does not lead to actual witchcraft none of the wizard spells are actual spells and satan is has very little Involvement. Well, I think um, that satanic scare of the eighties or whatever is over now, and that that Nazi, pr- uh, the Nazi Pope, who was saying that Harry Potter was evil. <laughs> I don't know who like, the Nazi Pope. There's a what? Nazi Pope. There was. He, no, no, is, no, is uh, it just the Pope? No, no. no, no yeah, yeah, no, 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 no but he pope, was a member of the Nazi pope. Party. Oh, back right. In the day. Okay, okay, okay. But um, he was a member Ratzinger, of the, is it? Yeah, yeah. But he was Nazi youth. He was full on. Not jokingly saying how Harry Potter is evil because it's teaching kids about magic and stuff, which is the tool of the devil and. He drank the Kool-Aid all the way. So, yeah. But magic, he, he's not magic, Pope anymore. Magic is the tool of the devil. Let me turn this water into wine. <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, is there a spell in Dungeons and Dragons that transmute? Transmute, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a question here, right? Oh, no, it's another question. Did you hear the thing where, um, where a YouTuber, and this was really picked up on, a YouTuber put out a thing, a video saying, don't expect other games to be like Baldur's Gate 3. Have you heard oh, yeah, this that? is a huge controversy. Mm. Oh, yeah, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. So just explain it, it wasn't really YouTuber, quickly. It was, uh, they were reporting on a developer from another company saying, oh, this can't be the standard. Yeah. And and in some ways, I kind of see his point because like most games company don't get the, um, the luxury of having six years to develop a game across multiple offices around the world one with, yeah. one of which is in dublin as far as I they know. had a, they have seven offices across the world but yeah. also i think before they started this they had 80 employees and then they went up to 450 for this game yeah and then they had those 450 working for six years or something so that much resources funneled into a game is going to produce an end product i think other developers are like you know, this better not be the standard that everyone else has to meet can't. now because we don't, no, we no one else has it's those resources. It's not even resources. that they can't, it's that they won't. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. not going to pay people for six years. Yeah. So, so maybe for an outcome. So the question is, do you agree with the person that said that? 
I, I think no matter how the standard is raised, <clears throat> the standard is raised. That's the standard now. You can't not you can't lower the standard again. Mm. Well, you can, but well, you can't. Like I played Baldur's Gate one when it came out at the time, and it blew me away at the time. And it wasn't until Dragon Age came out in probably two thousand and eight that I found another RPG that to me managed to best Baldur's Gate. Yeah, and that was like. Ten years later. Yeah, and how long from from Dragon Age? Now, Mass Effect, I would I would kind of lump in the same, um, yeah, era and the same company. I was going to say, funny enough, company. it's the same company. Um, yeah. And that's like, how badly did EA mess that company up? Mm. They were releasing Baldur's Gate, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, fantastic games, and then well, funny, EA didn't actually have a fingerprint on Baldur's Gate's demise. I think, yeah, Interplay. Oh, no. Bioware and Interplay were releasing it together or something, and yeah. Interplay went bust or something. So. Something, yeah. Because you know they else. were actually planning on releasing Baldur's Gate 3 back in the early 2000s. Oh, right. That was The plan was the trilogy, and then they just went bust. Uh-huh. And because they went, it's the usual stupid thing where they go bust, and the IP went with them, so now no one owns it, so yeah. it's hard to... And I think then the... Wizards of the Coast had their own things going it, yeah, on. They, yeah, they, have, the, they have some ha- ha- hold on it or something. Wizards like of the Coast are the uh, parent company for Dungeons and Dragons. And Wizards of the Coast are owned by Hasbro, the mm. uh, toy company. Um, so, yeah. So and basically, then, should, should it be a standard or should people expect? Like, The Witcher 3 is one of my favorite examples of a standard. Like, <clears throat> The Witcher 3 came out and <clears throat> it's just a phenomenally brilliant role-playing adventure game uh, and it's not even as in-depth of a role-playing game as uh, Dragon Age or Baldur's Gate <coughs> excuse me or Mass Effect but it's still because it's, it's, it's a single character you don't get to create yeah. the character yourself it's a character you're playing this character Geralt and that's it but it's so well done and again uh, CD Projekt Red put a huge amount of time and effort into it and they released a game that was very very close to being perfect for its genre uh, and and its time and and everything, and it, and once again they did it without. Correct me if I'm wrong. They did have DLCs for it and fantastic, but yeah, huge. Uh, expansion C, uh, DLCs. These mm-hmm. were huge extra parts of the game that allowed you to play on for even longer and even more stuff. And it was just really, really lots of fun. But without it, there's no in store. There's no in game store in it. There's no. You bought the game and, the, yeah, and that was it. Away you went. And they released um, patches, and they fixed any bugs and stuff like that over over time. And it was, but they re- when it, when they released it, I think it was it was a decent game on release. I'm I'm going to give an analogy here because I love giving analogies, and you I'm do. going to give the analogy of imagine you went into um, I was going to say Tom Hogan, who who in Galway do you buy cars off? Imagine you went into a car seller, okay, and the car seller said, okay, here's your car. You pay thirty thousand euro for the car, and you now own the car. And you sit into the car and you're like, you put your hands on the steering wheel and the steering wheel comes off. Is that acceptable? Absolutely not. But it's just a bug. They'll fix that. In the the gaming world, when you buy computer games sometimes, people say, oh, there's a game breaking bug sometimes in the game. And it takes away. Takes you out of the immersion. It takes you out of the immersion. And it's like, in other words. If you're driving, well, if you if your steering wheel falls off, you're gonna. It's really serious, but you have to work with the analogy. It's like um, if you if you thought you had bucket seats type of thing, but the seats were actually really uncomfortable to sit in. If you thought the fan would work, but the fan doesn't work, the car will still drive, 
but it's like it it doesn't work. Their the wheels bugs, aren't exactly straight. Yeah, but they're we'll fix that down the road. They're bugs. Like yeah. they shouldn't be in the car. They're not in the car. Um, but then they're bugs. DLC is like you're allowed to buy. Um, it's like imagine you buy a car and it's like it's got the the car is grey because it hasn't been painted. Is that a good example of DLC? Not really. Well, yeah, well no, it's it, more. It, it no, could be that, but it's also you buy a car, but it's it has no color because the colors are all uh, behind the paywall. You got to go and pay yeah, more yeah, for yeah, yeah. for the color. But funnily enough, cars are like that. You can yeah. buy a car. I think and cars a base, are the worst example. Yeah, because the base, the exactly, base model buy, is exactly. I was going to yeah. say you can buy a standard car or spend an extra couple of grand and you get better yeah. speakers. But, exactly. but, but, but maybe a better but analogy would be going into a cars. restaurant and saying, "I'll get the steak dinner, please," and they bring it down. And it's just a steak on the plate, and you're like, "Hey, can I get some veg with this?" And like, oh yeah, we can add on the veg extras. That's no problem at all. Although they do that too, and that is kind of normal in a restaurant. Not really. Not if you ask for a steak dinner. Well, yeah, yeah. And then and it comes down and there's nothing else with it. And, the, yeah. and then you're like, um, how do I eat this? Oh, would you like the fork and knife package? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want a plate with that? Yeah, it's it's literally that, but also it's not cooked because you know, that's... I, I always feel like analogies, <laughs> though, sometimes fit and sometimes don't, and I think these aren't landing because... <laughs> not landing with you. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not landing with you. Okay. They're good analogies. Okay, Brilliant. all right. <laughs> They're the best analogies that ever analogied. In fact, you could say if these were analogies were steaks, they'd be like... <laughs> they'd be really good steaks. T-bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that's a good analogy. That analogy is <laughs> lending with me. Kobe. I don't know anything <laughs> about steaks. The Kobe, the basketballer. That steak. Yeah, what's the name of those? Jack I know what you mean. The, the, the oh, cows that get massages. It's a Kobe, yeah, yeah. Kobe steak. What's, the, what's this? The Kobe steak. Linda, what's the name of the meat? The Kobe meat. It's Kobe. Kobe steaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Linda's like agreeing just to make us go away. <laughs> I, I have a question here. Okay, right. this is my last question. Okay, do more? Is there, is there a a gender difference one way or another that more boys play it or more girls play it? And, I have absolutely and, no idea what the split is, but go on. Okay, and no, and, and I was just going to say, and apologies to um anyone in between. Anyone in between? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the gender split is on on. A, who plays it? I, I simply don't know that. I do know that the Larry and CEO had said to his team, listen, we could have anything up to like 100,000 people playing this game at one time when once we launch. So you need to be, we need to make sure our servers are ready for that. 100,000 is what he told them be prepared for. They had 800,000 playing the game simultaneously. Wow. Not long yeah. after launch. Yeah. <coughs> and for D&D, the board game, pen and paper game, will there be more boys or girls I don't think there? there's ever been 800,000 people playing that concurrently. That'd be something. There definitely though. has, <laughs> but there, but for for actual Dungeons and Dragons, mm. there it's not a boys' game. No, hundred percent no. Yeah, hundred percent not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a definitely an everyone game. <clears throat> the two games I'm currently involved in both have uh, have girls in them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and I'd say that I'd say that there's a huge number of like I'd say across the board like loads of different types of people playing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, loads of different genders play. Yeah. Um, all of them Baldur's Gate 3 as well I would actually be curious to hear some kind of statistic on that though I have no idea I'm just interested Hmm. but anyway we should have I should have prepared that question (laughs) (laughs) I think do do you have anything else to say Barry on this Um, I do know that it's shot up the Steam charts Um, Steam is the game platform it's released on on, on PC Um, so when I did this list at that time, there were three, just, just shy of 300,000 people playing it at that moment. 
Uh, but that peaked uh, not, not long after launch at 800,000. Don't know what you mean. And um, it, like peaked, it peaked at 875,000 people, which is the third highest on, on the Steam charts. The, Ever? Yeah. Um, and it also had... Now I'm curious what the other two are. Oh, I can't remember. But uh-huh. I <laughs> Dota or something it, Barry. like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <But> anyway. <laughs> um, but also the hours played, also third of all time. They've already It's already clocked up 242,457... The hours played already, and it's only just out. Yeah, it's only been out a couple of weeks. Uh, How many hours? Sorry, two hundred forty-two million four hundred fifty-seven thousand five hundred twenty-two hours clocked. Also third, uh, Call of Duty is top of both those lists. Just think what humanity could do as a species if we decided to let's take two point four million man hours, <laughs> and I use that term just as a. And just do something else with it, <laughs> as opposed to just like pushing orcs over cliffs and throwing <laughs> oil on them and burning them and, and oh. having sex with bears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but that uh, the same could be said. Like, what 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 could we accomplish if we stopped watching football matches or if we stopped going to the cinema? If we stopped, you know, what, at least watching stuff? football matches, you're going to watch a football match and you're going to go afterwards and go, yeah, I like football, and you're going to kick football around and boom, you've burned calories. But like watching Love Island or something. No offense to Love Island. I don't know, man. I've watched <laughs> no, loads gonna. of football matches, and I have never wanted to go out kick a football. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I've never led that's to definite. But I think that's a judgment laden kind of a you know, the thing I watch is has value, and the thing this other person watches but I don't like doesn't have value. You're right. Let me clarify. The thing I watch does have value, and if I don't watch it, it definitely, in my opinion, doesn't have enough value. <laughs> that's okay. Silence. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with that. No, you cannot. You cannot. You can't argue with that. So that's it. Um, in conclusion, by Baldur's Gate. How much is it? Uh, Sixty quid, I think. I don't know, Rachel. Like you, I actually, I wasn't even going to buy it, and I wasn't going to buy it because I keep feeling, oh, I don't have time for video games, and I was also thinking, I'm kind of scared if I buy it that they're going to be just sucked up in it with loads. Of, and then just Rachel just bought it for me. And I was like, oh, hey, I have it now. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like really excited and I ran out and just installed it and got it. But then I just jumped in too quick and didn't take time with character creation. I yeah, should have done that. Take, so I had to restart because of that. Yeah. But, but um, restarting's part of the fun of it. And yeah. restarting several times like me. Yeah. <laughs> in, in conclusion, I will say this much. It's 100% definitely game of the year this year. Yeah. Well, without uh, a shadow of a doubt. No, no, caveat on that. Starfield. Starfield is coming out in two weeks' time. <laughs> hmm. Now, Starfield is going to be a different piece. It's going to need, I think, a much more powerful computer to run. So I think by default, now, Baldur's Gate 3 needs, pretty, you know, semi-decent. But Starfield, I think, is going to be up a level. So I think that might affect its sales hmm. a little bit. But from what I've seen, from what I've read about Starfield, oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot. There's another computer game I just want to throw it in here very really quickly as well because we've been talking about how good a job Larian did on their games there's another game that came out quite a while ago as well but didn't have the same launch success as, as Baldur's Gate 3 did and that's No Man's Sky that came out a broken buggy mess uh, yeah, and nowhere near what the designer of the game had promised he had promised quite literally the sun moon and the stars and did not deliver but the company, Hello Games, that made it, stuck with it, kept going. And this is, again, they didn't charge. There's no in-game store in it. They, they didn't charge money for anything extra, but they kept updating the game and putting expansions on the game and adding content. And all these and expansions changes. are free. All free. You yeah, just updated the game. I've been looking at that because I remember 
and it's, the hype before that came out. Mm. And it got bur- it's the perfect example of what I'm like, you'll never believe how, guess how much it was, guess how much. Yeah. You're obviously going to overshoot. That's what the, the, the vendor of that game did before yeah. they released it. They were just saying how amazing it would be. And if they had just said, it is what it's going to be, here yeah. you go, everyone would have been happy. Yeah. But, um, but, but the thing is, I, think, I don't think there's anyone that were incredibly disappointed with that game when it came out. I don't think, there yeah. probably is a few of them that are like, no, I still don't like it. I think it, I, th- I think over time they've won pretty much everyone. Yeah, and it's another game I will it's say. Amazing. Um, it's I think fifty quid on Steam. Yeah, but it's a hundred percent one of those games because I have it on my my wish list. Every couple of months it goes to half price. Yeah, on a Steam sale. So on a PC anyway, you're out of luck if you're on a console. You just have to buy it for whatever. But you know, Steam always do these Steam sales. Yeah. If you just you can add it to your wish list and kind of Steam will keep an eye on it for you. And if the developers put it up on sale and reduce the price in any way you'll get an email to say oh this game is cheaper now and uh it that goes on to half price all the time yeah quite often and it's definitely it's it's just another example of a developer who cares about their customers and cares about the product they're making which is exceptionally rare nowadays now most AAA, especially AAA uh studios want to just get as much money out of people's pockets as they can so they will rehash the same ideas over and over again and they might update the graphics a little bit but they'll have their buy the skin or get this loot box that's a gambling thing and buy 50 of them and you know steal your mother's mm. credit card to buy these things and i hate that i don't i don't like that at all i, I think that goes against the whole idea of gaming which is the the community and the and the fun aspect of it it takes out takes it away from it but i think larian i think the likes of hello games need to be uh, cd project red they need to be lauded they need to be kind of Put up on those pedestals. Pedestals. And yes, they are setting standards, but they're standards that we should all espouse to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, my closing thought on this is a uh, mail that Linda sent in there. Baldur's Gate lets you customize your character's genitals. I haven't seen that yet. I don't know where you're doing that. I don't know where you. All that. genital options. I literally haven't seen that in the game. <laughs> Because I saw I saw this and I was like, oh, how the heck do you do that? I haven't seen that. Trust you... Linda to think down to the lowest level. <laughs> yeah. I know that the character customization screen is very in-depth. But now that I look back on it, because like I say, when I started it, I just jumped into a pre-made character. Yeah. Then I regretted that and I said, no, I want to do my own character. And I went back and went through and took time. Yeah, I didn't see it either. No, I, don't, I wasn't I, looking for it, though, to, no, be fair. As, to be fair. As Data said, I assure you. No, not I assure you, Captain. He's here. <laughs> Oh, maybe, I, ass- maybe. I assure you, I'm fully functional. I'm programmed in multiple techniques. <laughs> um, that's it then, is it? I think that's it, yeah. Okay, guys, um, we don't know what the podcast is next week, do we? No, we haven't decided no. yet. We haven't decided yet. Um, but like and subscribe. And, and comment, comment. And share, if you like. And share. And that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to Linda in the background there for helping us with the research and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. That's it, guys. Have a good one. Until we see you again. Bye-bye. Boom.